You're listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper, practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Well, welcome or welcome back to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I am Lydia Miller here with my dad, Pastor Jeff. Pastor Jeff, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's good to be back from vacation. I know. I, I vacationed with you. You, I know. I'm a little bit nervous. We've spent a week in the same house, yeah. and so I feel like this could have a little bit more sass I got a feeling than it, it typically will. does. Yeah. You want to work through some things that we experienced on vacation over the podcast? Or? Uh, you know, probably not no. if it's being recorded. Okay, no. that's fair. Well, we are finishing our series that we have coupled with God Is, where we've taken a look at the attributes of God and taken a little bit of a deep deeper look um, at the things that we see in God, both in scripture and in creation and the ways that we can observe him. So we're on our final two in the next couple of weeks, attributes that we see in God. And we saved the best ones for last. In the hardest, opinion. if the hardest, nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> hardest, if nothing else. So today we're going to talk about the sufficiency of God. Um, and obviously these are all words that you know we're familiar with, but they take on sort of a new definition when they come to describe God. So could you just for a minute for us just define what do we mean when we say that God is self-sufficient or all-sufficient? What does that mean particularly for him? Yeah, let's talk that through for a minute because all of our views of God are too small. J.B. Phillips wrote a book entitled Your God is Too Small and, and recognize God is beyond our sort of understanding. What we know about God has been revealed in Scripture, but God is bigger than Scripture. So anytime we talk about God, recognize our understanding of God is way too small. Uh, Luther one time said, hey, your, your thinking with regards to God is too human. And again, anytime we talk about God, we're using human words and human language that somehow the finite are trying to describe the infinite. It's just not possible. So recognize the insufficiency of what I'm about to say about the sufficiency <laughs> uh, of God. But it's often described this way. If sufficiency could be defined with regards to the character of God, it would be this idea that he is totally and absolutely complete within himself. In other words, nothing from this world can either add or detract from God. God is all sufficient. Everything he needs is sort of complete inside himself. And we don't add to God, nor do we take away from God. He is sufficient. He is complete, so to speak. I think sometimes we get this a little misconstrued, even when we consider creation or ourselves, that for whatever reason, God created out of some sort of need that he was lonely or that he needed people or he needed to create. But that's not obviously true if God is all sufficient. No, not at all. In fact, that's probably one of the greatest misnomers with regards to mankind. There was a book called The Trumpeter where the trumpeter would say, you know, God was lonely, so he created man. God was never lonely. Again, uh, he's always existed in Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's always been this community of God. In fact, wherever God has been in eternity past, we talked about it from Isaiah chapter 6, but there were seraphim angelic beings that were calling out wherever he went, worshiping him and honoring him. So in all honesty, he does not need man. There is no needs with regards to God. He's all-sufficient. Uh, he doesn't need mankind, but he chose to create mankind to share his love, his devotion, his creation, all of those kinds of things. But 
yeah, that idea of sufficiency we see within the character of God in his creation and certainly with regards to his relationships. Mm -hmm. So give us a little bit, if he is all sufficient, what are some implications about then what we can know about God himself and how he acts or how he operates? If we kind of sit under this blanket of sufficiency, what does that mean for God himself and his character? Yeah, I I would say a couple of things. First of all, I, I would recognize that you and I cannot add to God. Anything we do... You know, in terms of doing God's bidding in this world, in terms of evangelism, God doesn't need us. He chooses to use us, but there's a sense in which uh, you and I can't help God. Uh, God can do whatever God can do in and of himself, and he doesn't, in all honesty, need us. Can we just exhale on that for just a second? Because although there's a side of that where it's like, oh gosh, God doesn't need us, there is a side of that where you can go, oh... Like God's plan for my life is not contingent on how faithful I am. God's plan for the world is not contingent upon what I'm able to do or not do. He doesn't need me for any of it. Yeah. As uncaring as that sounds with regards to mankind, it's also an incredibly comforting thought, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. That God's plan and his will and sufficiency is found in and of himself. Mm -hmm. It's not like I can add. It's not like I can detract. It's not like I can take away from who God is. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is who he is. Mm And I think that's just helpful for us to be reminded. Uh, second thing I'd say with regards to God is this, is that he is independent. So uh, again, uh, he's not dependent on anything or anyone. You and I were sort of raised dependent on our parents. You and I took on forms of our parents. I don't know if you knew this about yourself, <laughs> but you have some traits that I have because they were learned. God didn't learn anything. So He is independent. When we talked about the omniscience of God, that he's all-knowing, it's not as if he learned things in this world. He came into existence, and again, not that God had a beginning and had an end, but when God appeared on the stage, he was all-knowing. He was uh, independent of his creation, even though he created it. So I just always remind ourselves with regards to the sufficiency of God that he doesn't need anything, that we don't add anything, that we can't somehow... Uh, change the plans and directions of God, God's sufficient in and of himself. We see it in creation. We really do. And the fact that uh, psalmist just says, hey, listen, God created the heavens and the earth. He, he made everything that's in this world. In fact, he talks to Job at some point in time and says, in effect, hey, hey, listen, where were you when I created? Just simply with a word of his mouth. So nothing existed before that, but God who is all sufficient out of who he is, creates this entire world. So yeah, it speaks a lot though Mm -hmm. to you and I to just remind ourselves of sufficiency of God and the promise that Mm -hmm. everything he needs in order to carry out in his will in our lives, he has. Mm -hmm. So obviously we can consider that for God's character. We, We dove a little bit into what that means for us, but give us a little bit more of the implications of what this means for us. If we can consider God to be all sufficient, What can we as believers in him then rest on? Because there is, like we talked about, such a promise in that as well. Well, one of the best things I've seen on the sufficiency of God just walks you through Psalm 23. Mm. So it literally takes this passage that David writes about and just shows at every turn the sufficiency of God. Mm. So David, who is this shepherd boy, speaking of God Mm. as sort of the great shepherd of his sheep, says, listen... The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. It just speaks again to the sufficiency of God. Everything that I have, I, I have no wants, I have no needs, because again of the sufficiency of God. 
And then it talks about how he meets our spiritual needs. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And then it says this, he restores my soul. So everything I need, spiritually speaking, God out of his sufficiency provides. So when I need counsel, when I need guidance, when I need his word, when I need encouragement, all of those things, spiritually speaking, that I need in order to have a relationship with him, he provides. And then the scripture goes on. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. And then it says this, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, talking about the difficulties of life, he, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. So it just talks about the sufficiency of God to be able to comfort us in the midst of the difficulties of life, the struggles, the pains, the hurts of life where we go, listen, I don't know if I can make it through this. The promise is that this all-sufficient God comes alongside of us and he comforts us. You're going to see it even in the Old Testament. You know, we talked about Hagar before. We talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That even this Christophany, the very presence of God appearing, showing up, that even in the difficulties of life, even in the midst of a fiery furnace, the presence of God is there. So just reminding us that he comforts us. And then it goes on to say, and he leads us in the paths of righteousness, the promise for guidance because he's sufficient, that he can guide his children. And then the one I love is just for all of eternity. He said, listen, uh, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the sufficiency of God just speaks to every single need that mankind has. The need for his you know, daily needs to be cared for, the need for comfort in the midst of difficulty, the need for spiritual you know, counsel and guidance and direction, and the need for a place to preside in the very presence of God forevermore, the sufficiency of God provides for us. So someday, read Psalm 23 from the perspective of the sufficiency of God. We've talked about this before. We didn't talk about it at the beginning today, but obviously there are communicable, incommunicable attributes, incommunicable being ones that you and I cannot attain, only God can. Sufficiency would fall in that category. But I would say for my own life, and I've seen this in the lives of people that I've talked with as well, that this is probably the one that I most often try to lean into and the one that the more I lean into it, the more I feel it in my own life. So I'm not praying, I'm relying on myself, I'm concealing things, I'm angry when things are going wrong. It's because I've decided (laughs) that I'm all sufficient and that whatever God is supplying me in my life and what he's doing is not sufficient for me. It it really was the original sin Mm. of Satan and why he was thrown out because he wanted to be God. He he wanted to be all sufficient. And I think we're going to struggle with this for the rest of our lives. But I think the more you walk with God, understand his Mm. character and the nature, the more you're going to go, I I surrender. I'm going to deny myself and daily I'm going to take up my cross and follow after him because he is this all-sufficient God that has everything that I need and I got to lean on him more and more. I would encourage you today if this is maybe something you struggle with, there are, there are kind of checks that you can look for in your own life. Um, am I struggling with prayer? Am I struggling spending time in God's word? Am I, um, like I said before, angry in trials that I'm facing? Am I concealing sins that I have going on in my life? Check your life for some of these things, and that's often um, a sign to lean into the sufficiency and the character of God and what that means for you. Uh, we're going to continue with one more next week. We're going to talk about the sovereignty of God, so I would encourage you to tune in and join us then. We'll see you next time. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. 
To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.